Hey, this is Gene from the Assisted Living Network, and we're going to do Myths Revealed Part 2. The next myth that I want to reveal to you is, how do we find these seniors? Well, first of all, there are tens of millions of seniors in our country today, and millions and millions of them need assistance with their activities of daily living. According to AARP, which is the authority when it comes to aging and elderly and seniors, according to AARP, 70% of us will need help with our activities of daily living. Now that doesn't mean they're all going to move into an assisted living home or facility, but they will need help. The question is, how do they get that help? There are tens of millions of seniors, millions and millions of them need that assisted living help. Finding them is not that hard. I mean, go to most uh, early bird specials, go to on cruise ships, look in a hospital, they're all there. The question is, how are they going to find you? That's marketing and getting the word out that you exist, that's important, but that's a whole different topic that we'll cover on another video. But the myth that I want to reveal to you is that the seniors are there and millions and millions of them need assistance with their activities of daily living. The question is, are you going to help with that assistance by providing a home for them to live in and or the care for them? And that's what residential assisted living is all about. It is a home, an actual home, not a home-like situation, not apartments or something like that. It is a home in a residential area where there might be 10 seniors living in that home. Which brings us to myth number two. Do seniors want to live with other seniors? And the answer is yes. You know, there's a lot of seniors who are aging in place at home right now. Their kids have moved away, they're at home all alone, and maybe they can take care of themselves, but frankly, they would much rather have people around them. I think a lot of times those of us who are younger than they are look at it and say, well, they want to be alone. They're in their own home. Well, no, not necessarily. Maybe the kids have all moved on and they just come back to visit on holidays. The grandkids even less frequently. So being with other seniors their age is vital to their health and their mental stability and wellness as well. So it's a great thing they do want it. They want to be with peers their own age. So it is a great thing that they want. The side myth to that one that I want to reveal is, are they going to get along? People ask us that all the time. Do these seniors get along with each other? The answer is yes. The reality is they get it. They understand. They would rather be in their own home with their own family all around, but they know that's not their reality. They do need help in a different level, different kind. They want to be with peers of their own age, and there's give and take. Now, single room, private room versus semi-private, two people in a room, that's a question that people ask all the time too. And I'll reveal the myth. That's all about the money. It's all about if they can afford to have that private room with a private bathroom versus semi-private with a shared bathroom. If they can afford it, they'll probably choose that. They still have peers in that home, in that facility. It's just they have their own private bedroom. But that's just down to a money standpoint. Which brings us to the final myth for this segment, Myths Revealed Part 2. Can they afford it? Where does the money come from? You know, a lot of people think the government's going to take care of the long-term care needs of the parent or grandparent in their life. And the answer is, well, the federal government does give money to the state government. The state then comes up with the program. They basically say to their citizens, show us that you're of age, let's say 65 and above, show us that you have very little in the way of assets, cash, real estate, assets, and little in the way of income. And show us all of that. Show us your assets, your income, your age, and we'll determine if you qualify for our program. Now that state's program might pay out $2,000 a month for long-term care, assisted living. 
but that $2,000 a month is gonna be reduced by whatever income they already have. So if they have $1,500 a month in Social Security coming in, basically the state's gonna say, you can keep $100 a month of that $1,500, but the other $1,400, we're gonna apply that towards the $2,000 a month. And if that's the only income they have, they're gonna take that senior's $1,400, letting them keep $100 for themselves, that $1,400, and they're gonna supplement it with the other $600 to get to the total of $2,000. Now, that $2,000 is being partially subsidized by the state, but when they come into a home like mine or potentially yours to live in that home, if my average rate is $4,000 a month and all they can afford is $2,000 a month, well, they're not gonna be living in the homes that I provide for people. So they're gonna move into a lesser home, a lesser quality home, area that's not as nice, with food that's not as good, with caregivers that are maybe not as plentiful or as trained and so on. So if they're only able to afford that 2,000 a month, and if the average is 4,000 a month, that is substandard or below average. They're gonna get what they pay for in that regard. So we don't focus on Medicare or Medicaid, we focus on what you would call private pay. Private pay is where that senior's assets are being used to pay for their care or the family is subsidizing it privately. But it's private money, not government money. Not a insurance program. Now there are long-term care insurance programs which are wonderful. There's big companies out there like Metropolitan, Genworth, and others that do provide $100 a day, $200 a day, maybe $300 a day or more to take care of somebody in assisted living homes. Now, when somebody comes to us and they say, we have a long-term care insurance policy, we've had it for decades, that's very good. More than likely, what they signed up for 30, 40 years earlier was $100 a day in a benefit. But with the cost of living increase compounding over time, 30 or 40 years later, that benefit may now be paying two or $300 per day. Now, 300 a day, 30 days is $9,000 a month. I may only be charging $4,000 for the room. Can I bill the insurance company for $300 a day? Yes. Anything over that, they won't pay. Anything under that, they're gonna keep. So when somebody has a long-term care insurance policy, it's a wonderful thing. The reality is though, less than 10% of the people that come into our homes have those long-term care policies. Most of them that we work with are using private resources whether it be the senior's home that's been liquidated and using that money to pay for their care, whether it be a retirement account, IRA or something like that, whether it be a pension fund that they or their widow spouse, they are the widow of and they're now receiving and collecting on that long-term pension or retirement account. It's usually those three things liquidating any other assets they have. And once that money runs out, then it's the kids who are 50 and 60 years old or supplementing whatever it is they need to take care of mom and dad. We went through some of the myths revealed in part two, and we're gonna cover more of those. I wanna encourage you to always do good and do well. This is Gene from the Assisted Living Network. If you like what you've seen and heard, please subscribe.